Hey team, welcome or welcome back to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast. I'm your host Chris Desmond. This is a show where we try and figure out how to get better at doing the hard stuff that makes life exciting. I've got something a little bit different for you today. You may or may not know I've just launched a new show called Leading Through Challenge. Uh, upping our leadership game, improving our leadership abilities so that we're better able to navigate challenge and take our teams with us uh, safely on that journey. So I've rolled two of the episodes into one here for you because they are a little bit shorter than the usual Uncomfortable Is Okay show. And if you've been listening to this one for a while, then you'll know that Joel Buzade and Digby Scott are two of my favorite guests. So I've got two short episodes from the Leading Through Challenge show and put them in here together for you just to get a taste of it. And if you're interested in leadership, if you're interested in improving your leadership ability in any way, or you know someone who is, then definitely the show is for you. Maybe forward it on to your boss, forward it on to your manager, forward it on to your mate who uh, runs their own business or um, leads a team or leads a family. Uh, the principles are, are the same. I really hope you enjoy this one. I got a lot out of it. I hope you take a lot out of it too. And thanks for getting uncomfortable with us today. Joe Bilzade, thank you for joining me on the Leading Through Challenge show today. Uh, what did we just talk about? Hey, Chris, uh, we, we talked about um, a few stages of resilience. We talked about survival. We talked about revival. We talked about what leaders should be doing at the moment. We dived a little bit into like how I'm dealing with what's going on at the moment and maybe a few times in my life when I've um, struggled to lead well. And uh, it was a great conversation. I really enjoyed myself. Joel Buzaid, welcome to Leading Through Challenge, mate. Uh, it's good to have you here today. How are you? Awesome. Great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Awesome. Uh, Joel, first question for you. Who, who is Joel Buzaid in a nutshell? Uh, Joel Buzaid is somebody that uh, is possibility for, for others. And so I've spent a large part of my life being the person at the front of the room or standing on stage or in the facilitation group that is going to represent what's possible. I think we're really good um, as leaders at coming up with what's wrong and what needs to be fixed. Um, but yeah, I just really love to speak to that idea of what's possible. And is that what interests you about leadership as well? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I spent a large part of my life in the outdoors and in the outdoors, there's lots of challenges, hazards, concerns, worries, frustrations, difficulties. And so you're constantly... Uh, seeking out where is the the gaps or the possibilities or the the safety if you like uh, the opportunities so um, it excites me from both a survival point of view but also from a growth perspective too mm, definitely and uh, yeah I think that uh, that's a cool way to look at it is that uh, it's it's possibility rather than just pure challenge and like one of the things obviously the show is all about leading through challenge and, and we're smack bang in the midst of a really challenging situation at the moment with with COVID-19 and the lockdown here in New Zealand and I mean when we get into these situations uh, and big challenges it, it sometimes leads to a like a systems overload type of scenario yeah. for ourselves like we're mentally overloaded with all of the information that's coming at us we're emotionally overloaded with all of the stress that's going on um mm -hmm. potentially we're a bit physically overloaded as well because maybe we're not eating that well maybe we're not sleeping that well maybe we can't do our regular exercise routines and this affects our ability just to cope with life in general rather than to actually take a leadership role in or step into a leadership role how do you think we best go about managing this this kind of overload or overwhelm and and lead ourselves through it yeah man such a good question i there's there's a number of things that come to mind for me and i've been sort of answering questions like this um with companies organizations online over the last couple of weeks I think the, the first question that I'd get sort of owner operators, managers to think about is if this were simple, what would it look like? And just to do some journal and reflection on that because um, at the best of times, uh, life challenges can be rather complex and 
that practice of going, if this was simple, um, how might I approach this or what might I say in this particular moment? But I think just going back to the nuts and bolts of your question around overload is one of the things that I've become more aware of in my experience as a leader and, and training leaders is that human beings are very good at casting vision into the future and going, this is what I want the future to look like. Um, in both a good and a bad way. And as we do that, regardless of whether that vision is good or bad, um, it increases anxiety, which contributes to what you're talking about as overload. And so we're very good at creating our own levels of anxiety, stress, and worry. When you add to that the circumstance that we're in at the moment and the fact that at any given moment in the world, at any given time, we know through history that bad stuff can happen and will happen at any time. It's not surprising at all that people are in this state of overload. So I think the first thing is to remember that this is actually quite normal for us to be overloaded. Just to wrap that kind of, I guess, language around current circumstance, that it's okay to be scared and nervous and fearful and not feel like you're progressing or performing or anything like that. I think the, the one of the solutions is to start to go, if looking into the future too much, good, bad, or otherwise causes me anxiety, then maybe the, the solution as a leader is to remain present and to stay in this very moment and to be exactly what I know I can be in this very moment. And, uh, you know, I was in, in, in the Christchurch earthquakes, and I don't know if you remember some of those images of there's a guy, I can remember it, and he's on the news and he's moving rubble away it looks like it's so light but we know it's really really massive and when you and me are in crisis mode if we stay present we can achieve amazing things we can be adaptable we can be resourceful it's when we start to think more about the future that we get overloaded mm. and how do we how do we remain in the present moment like through these challenges rather than obviously we we you kind of want to do a bit of strategizing and a bit of planning about the future, but how do you not get so wrapped up in that and make sure that you stay in the, in the present moment? So good, man. I reckon it's actually about a little bit of a, a priority list. Um, so before, and you know, if any business owners, which I'm sure are listening to this, you know, almost every single one that I've talked to so far is they're going, how do I, how do I adapt? Like, how do I pivot? Like what's, what's the opportunity to pivot here? And I think what we need to do is we need to go, first and foremost, what are the survival aspects of crisis that we need to take care of? So first of all, our own energy. So let's just wrap emotional energy, um, mental energy, physical energy, all around that. So looking after yourself. So that's first of all. I think there's definitely a job for us all to put on the hat of CFO right now for our families and to go, this is what we got, this is what we're playing with, and there's peace in that, and after that, there's no peace. You know, we've got to arrive at that point. And I think as well, like just 10xing the amount of output to relationships, so video calls and connecting with friends and family. When we take care of that, I reckon we can step into that planning and preparing mode with, um, I think, just a little bit more resourcefulness about us. Um, and we, cause you think about it, right? You're in crisis. You're not looking after yourself. You have no idea what's going on with your personal finances. You're disconnected from all the people that you were normally disconnected with and you're trying to figure it out. It's like, you're just adding, you're adding. So it's about what's first, you know, Stephen Covey mm. talks about first things first. So just creating your own list of like initial priorities, I think. Yeah. So it's kind of like having a, almost creating a sense of safety for yourself in that moment so that you can, you, you know that you and your family feel safe by controlling the things that you, the, those simple things that you can control. And then once you've got that safety, then you can use that as a platform to move forward from. That's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, hundred percent. I think safety is a great word and I'd probably even add psychological to that mm. as well and and in taking care of that and it's not a tick box exercise right um but just i know you know like when we start to to take care of our psychological safety i reckon it opens up more resource for us to then go okay how am i gonna go from survive to revive and start actually managing some of the resources people uh revenue um whatever it is in my life so that we can make this business or my life my family work and function um, with some level of, of um, understanding and, and enjoyment as well. 
Mm, definitely. So once you've uh, kind of once you've been able to create that that sense of safety, and that's going to, as you said, it's a complex issue, and it, it's going to look different for for everybody um, about kind of what makes them feel safe, but. As you said, simplifying it, making it uh, kind of each of those aspects really simple, really straightforward. Like, what are the what are the priorities mm-hmm. here? What do I need to do on a on a daily basis? What do I need to do on a weekly basis? Kind of, what does the next two or three weeks of doing each of these look like for me? Mm-hmm. How do we take things kind of to the to the next step once we've once we've mm-hmm. figured out actually, yeah, I am going to survive this, like. How do yeah. we start to revive? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really do believe that let's just assume that from a psychological safety point of view, relationships, finances, and personal health, whatever that means to you, you're kind of like you're doing pretty well. You're being kind to yourself. You're acknowledging and accepting that these are unprecedented times and that you know we're not supposed to know exactly how to deal with this as leaders. Part of our job is to actually step into and embrace the unknown. Um, but I think the next phase is, is it's really about going, what's my no list? Because there's so many inputs for us at the moment from, you know, uh, YouTube videos, conspiracy theories. Um, you know, I, 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 on one news, I put C first when this all went down, you know, on your Facebook feed. And there's so many news stories now. So I quickly under that. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the news, but I'm literally at the moment and for the last probably week and a half only listened to Jacinda Ardern. And otherwise, I'm very, very strict about the inputs into my life. Um, so what I mean by that is I can only control what's in front of me. That's what we talked about before in terms of um, what's going on for me right now. I can control uh, what value I'm giving right now, the conversation that we're having. And after this, the training that I'm going to do, uh, spending too much time worrying about the future isn't that productive and useful for me at the moment. And so it really comes down to going, what is it that I choose to focus on? And what am I going to say no to, particularly while we're in lockdown? Because I just don't have the resources to entertain those thoughts at the moment. And really give yourself permission to suspend uh, any thoughts that aren't useful and relevant to you at the moment. I think there's definitely some space and room for us as leaders to start to, you know, go, what does a slow recovery look like? What does a fast recovery look like? And do some action planning around that, but not to the point where you elevate anxiety through the roof and become unresourceful, yeah? Um, And then the the last thing I'd add to that, sorry, Chris, is just in terms of that revival piece, it's like, and back to the inputs, it's like, who do you choose to be inspired by at the moment? You know, like what books are you reading and what content are you consuming? Because that's always played a big part in, in what makes up an awesome life for me is who I'm being inspired by. Mm, definitely. And I, I really love that piece, especially around the input side of things. And you, you know me reasonably well, Joel, and know that I love listening to podcasts and like, since we've been, since we've been in lockdown and, and we've been going through this, I've actually, my consumption of that stuff is massively reduced is that it's it's more about like every now and then i'll I'll have a listen to something but i'm very selective about who and who i listen to and kind of what topics i'm listening around Mm. um but just because there as as we talked about there's so much other input coming in at the moment that i'm that i'm trying to filter out that if i bring in a whole heap more then i do start to get a little bit more overwhelmed so i've said no to Mm. a lot of that stuff and like things will kind of pop up on my podcast feed. I'm like, oh, that'd be really interesting. But no, nah, that's a that's a later date. Um, yeah, yeah. And you know, you're the you're the like you're the guy that's like, you know, what's the hard stuff that I can do to make the future better? Like, right. And so you have a natural developed or whatever it is tendency to lean towards the hard stuff. And I'd say consuming lots of information at the moment, or sitting on the couch for extended periods of time and watching shows is another example that would fit into the category of easy. And so you probably like many of the, the leaders that are listening and tuning in, like are actually seeking out what is the right thing to do right now with a big question mark on the end. And in answering that, we might actually go, well, the wrong thing to do right now is to listen to excessive amounts of other people's opinion. Mm. And I think actually sometimes to figure out what the right thing is to do, first we need to go through and have a look. Okay, this is the wrong thing. 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 Oh, this stuff is le- that's left. That's the right stuff for me to be doing right now. 
Yeah, it's so true. And, and if I could just go back to that inspired company piece again, it's like there's so many people in our circle that are already walking the path that we're about to walk, that have already had the hard conversation with their employees, that have already let people go. And they're in your, uh, in your reach and we can reach out to them now and have conversations and more now than ever aren't people willing to help, right? And so it's, again, it's about that inspired company and going, you know, who already knows what I'm trying to find out. Mm. Mm. Mate, I mean, this, this is really all about, I mean, it's about leading other people, but this conversation is really about leading ourselves through this as well and kind of making sure that we're, that we are looking after ourselves uh, so that we can look after others. Because what happens when we don't, lead ourselves through this like how does that affect our ability to show up as a leader to others yeah i think if if you just entertain the idea that you're either resourceful or you're not and our job as leaders is to live our lives in a way and interpret circumstances in a way that have us being resourceful because that's when we can serve and influence which is leadership right um, if we behave, think, and speak in a way that leads us to be unresourceful, then ultimately, I don't know what that means for our people, for our families, and the people that are actually, whether we know it or not, looking to us right now. If you've ever stepped into that persona, that identity of leading your family, of leading your company, your organization, a group of people, your friendship group, Believe me, everyone's watching right now and we need to be resourceful. So to answer your question, um, if we don't, we're not resourceful, then ultimately we can't be the inspired, um, the inspired leader that people need. That's what we need right now is people to, to, in their own time, with kindness, step up and into their very best. Mm. And what is leading yourself with with kindness, the self leadership, what's that looked like for you so far this week? Yeah, right, man, that's, that's a great question. So getting back to all the, all the basics. So extended cold showers, um, exercising every day. Um, I've been doing a lot more running at the moment. I don't know about you, but so I'm a CrossFitter. I love CrossFit. Um, we do a bit of running and CrossFit, but man, getting out on the road for like 40 minutes, man, the ideas, the, clarity it's just so good man i'm just loving that at the moment um you know a bunch of journaling i mean all the stuff that you know and many people know it's just getting back to the fundamentals and the basics that if i do this this and this and this i feel like i can now show up and serve fully and i don't know too many people that can serve fully when they aren't taking care of themselves and if they do eventually that lack of integrity will show up in some way, shape or form and people might get exhausted or they might stop serving. Mm, yeah. I think that's, that's a really good point, man. It's those, it's those kind of big, big rocks that you know actually are really good for, for looking after yourself, making sure that you schedule some time and to put them in because like in challenge, we've got so many demands on us that, that pulling us in a whole lot of different directions that often for me, I, I find that, the easy things to go are the things to looking at, uh, that I use to look after myself. But when I start to lose them, that's when I really, I, I notice, Hey, I'm not performing the way that I want to perform in, in life or, or in my leadership roles as well. Yeah. And, and if I could just add to that, I'd say that, you know, like for a lot of particularly business owners out there or, or managers of large organizations, Right now, there's, there's so much um, uh, work to be done. And it can be very, very easy to, to deprioritize the personal work. And it doesn't have to be long. Like, mm. we all know how powerful it is to take a big, deep breath in and then to fully exhale and to do that for a couple of minutes. Like, that is game-changing. And I reckon we just show up better when we start to take care of ourselves first. Yeah. And yeah, those small things breathing for a couple of minutes. I'm loving jumping jacks at the moment. Like you knock oh, yeah. out 20 or 30 jumping jacks and you, you just feel different. You feel better about life. 
yeah yeah awesome joel a couple of other quick questions for you buddy um first one is can you tell me about a time that you haven't led well yeah like a specific moment a specific moment or just kind of a generalized uh hey i wasn't i wasn't really great at at that period of time yeah, I think when I when I first got my um, operations manager job in Italy, so I was leading a team of 25 over there, um, I was just figuring it out, right? And there's no book that says this is how you must lead or this is the way to lead. It's kind of like you just do the very best you can with what you've got and always making sure that you're constantly learning. Um, so I think the times in my life when I've led poorly is when I've rested on my confidences and mm. my strengths and gone, I'm doing a great job. And I've failed to pick up the book at the end of the day or to ask for feedback at the end of the day or to check in with mentors about how they could be challenging me. And I've just kind of been on autopilot a little bit. I think just for myself, that's when I haven't led particularly well. I think by contrast though, you know, in times of crisis, like this is, this is my jam. Like I feel totally in the zone right now to support and help because it's where I've spent most of my life is in adverse circumstances um, compared to many people, not adverse, of course, but for me going into the outdoors and being faced with the natural adversity that nature gives us is like, you're constantly going, how do I deal with this with no rule book? Uh, awesome, man. Um, and what has, what's influenced the way that you lead the most in the last year, do you think? Oh, man. I think better conversations with family and friends, um, mm. deeper conversations, um, and just exploring uh, weaknesses um, as well. That's been a particular interest of me, for, for me, um, is asking people that I trust and respect um, that have time for me, like, what do you see as my, my weakness? Like, where am I, uh, am I not so useful? Um, I think those, that conversational wisdom that comes up when you're talking with people that you respect, admire, and have got time for, and they the same for you, has been quite pivotable uh, for me in recent times, yeah. Awesome, bro. Last question for you, Joel. What should leaders be doing right now? Three things. Uh, thinking, speaking, and acting in a way that is congruent with the times and your own leadership philosophy. Um, thinking, suspend negative thoughts as much as you can. Be the master of just cutting them. Focus only on that which you know is useful. Hard to do very hard to do uh, personal mastery if anything is about that um, speaking you, language creates when you get the opportunity to speak to someone or a group of people be very uh, careful is the wrong word be very intentional about your word selection your tone selection and how you're choosing to communicate because as we know right now what we need is is more calm leaders, right? Because just by their very nature, um, it sort of installs a sense of calm into us. So be very, very clear about what it is that you're saying. And then, you know, back to what we've already talked about in terms of behavior and how we're acting, take care of yourself first, take care of your family, get your finances and your relationships in order, and then go out there and make the difference that you were born to make. Awesome action points, mate. Uh, Joel Bouzaid, thank you so much for today. Man, anytime. Great to chat. Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, conversation with Joel Bouzade, all about leading yourself. Uh, so what I really would love you guys to do is to share this with some people who you think might need a little bit of help with their leadership over this period of time. I want you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or on your favorite podcast app because we really want to get these conversations out to as many people as we can. So subscribe, uh, leave a rating and review. Be awesome if it was five stars. If it's not, then that's cool. And, and add a comment about uh, what really stood out in this episode for you. Thanks, and we'll see you again soon.
Digby Scott, uh, thanks for joining me on the Leading Through Challenge show. What did we just talk about today? Well, we talked about leading people through challenge. Uh, and some of the ideas that I love kicking around with you was this idea of uh, learning to see and to be present um, before jumping and rushing to conclusions. It's about um, separating fact from fiction to be able to just put the rumors to the side and all the imaginative stuff and actually go, so what's real and what can we work with right now? What else did we talk about? We talked a lot about um, the importance of having a sense of purpose and having and cultivating others' sense of purpose as well. So give us more than just the day-to-day task, something that's meaningful. And one other thing that I remember we talked about was um, just going out of my head. <laughs> we talked about so much stuff. What else did we, we cover? Now? We did. We talked about uh, building in uh, like a mindset of experimentation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just trying stuff out because now, you know, the the the, um, the walls are cracking open uh, for us to go and play a bit more I reckon now's a great time to, to try new stuff Digby Scott welcome to the leading through challenge show how you doing it's mate? it's good to be here I'm 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 leading and leaning into it right now I'm, I'm yeah I'm enjoying life actually beautiful yeah. um who is Digby Scott in a nutshell Digby Scott is a uh, Australian who happens to choose to live in New Zealand, uh, and that's kind of hard right now because I don't get the choice to jump over the ditch and see my folks uh, or friends and family for the foreseeable future. I am someone who loves working at the intersection of what's known and what's unknown. So I guess you could say it's the liminal space they call it. I learned that word last year, liminal. And uh, I love helping people be at that edge of known and unknown. And that's exactly where I am finding myself. And I think the vast majority of us are finding ourselves right now. So I, in, you know, when I'm working, I'm running leadership programs and workshops and I'm running webinars and coaching, etc., all around finding that space and being effective at the edge of it. Mm. And so that's the, is that the exciting thing that got you into working with leaders and, and into leadership at the start, trying to find that space? I think I've been, I've been working in this sort of leadership development arena for probably 20-something years, and I guess it's always about, I've always been asking the question of myself and others and organisations, like, you know, what's the edge of possible? Right? And and I, I used to work in recruitment before I got into the leadership development space, and Recruitment is about recruiting talent for your organisation to realise the possibility that this person has for you. And I think, to me, that continues, the, the leadership development bit of that is actually let's really realise that for you um, as a leader, as someone who can unleash possibility and potential in others. Uh, and gosh, we need it right now. Is that a word? Goshly? Goshy? Goshly, we need it right now. <laughs> it is uh, now. <laughs> I'll, I'll check the dictionary afterwards, mate. Yeah, yeah, well, we can put it in the urban dictionary. Yeah. Maybe. yeah. So, yeah, it's always fascinated me, the realisation of potential. Um, it sounds a bit twee to say it, um, but this idea of let's see how far we can take something, I'm really, I'm, I think it's an important question for entrepreneurs for leaders to be asking yeah yeah and i mean obviously that kind of that creates a whole lot of progress and a whole lot of different ways of doing things is the ability to to lean into what's possible or what what might even be possible i mean in a situation like we're in at the moment it's it's really really unique um, in this lockdown period and like it's a it's a massive challenge for a whole lot of people and in these challenging times often it, I think it's quite easy to get overwhelmed with a, a lot of things and overwhelmed with yep. survival and just kind of get sucked back to all right what do I need to do to, to survive but and and that's a really important thing. Obviously, we need to survive through this period first and foremost. But how do we start to think about what's what's possible during this period of time and kind of maybe expand our viewpoints a little bit? That's, that's a good question. How do we start? I love the way you say, how do we start to think about it rather than how do we rush to an answer? Because uh, I think that's the first challenge is I ran a webinar this morning on leading in uncertainty and we were talking about the idea or the challenge of when when 
uncertainty arises and challenge arises, we kind of rush to find something that's certain or known. And, you know, as a leader, it's often we're under, under the pressure to, to show that you have an answer for people. Here is the way. Here is the answer. This is what we're going to do. Follow me. And I think when we're facing the, the sort of unprecedented challenge and the, the ambiguity that's floating around right now, it's really easy to rush to an answer or to try and grab something. And I think, you know, the natural human condition is we like certainty. Neuroscience shows us that. Um, but I reckon the place to start, just to use your language, the place to start thinking about this is what I call learning to see. And what I mean by that is not to be too much in the future or the past. And the past is the good old days and the future is yet to happen. But to be in the present and just to see what is actually happening now. And to do that, you have to actually learn to be present. And to learn to be present, as we know from meditation and from yoga and anything like that, it's about learning actually first to breathe, just to notice your breathing just, and stop and stand and just go, here I am. You know, it's the old saying, be here now. And so I reckon as you start to become more present to what's going on now in your mind, your emotions, your body, I think your body is the instrument to start with. What is your body telling you? Then you can see more clearly what the reality is that's around you. You can start to sort of um, pass out you know, stories and um, rumours from fact and reality. And then you can be more choiceful. So to me, the starting point is to be present and is to, is to learn to see. It's to learn to see what is as opposed to kind of rush too far into the future or hark back to the good old days. A guy, uh, a colleague of mine, Nick Petrie, talks about you know, don't ruminate. And ruminating is thinking about the past or the future with negative emotions attached. And I think it's about, again, learning to be present um, and, and present without judgment as much as possible. Be Detached is not quite the right word, but to, to notice. It's a long answer to your question, though, mate. Yeah, no, it's a it's a good one as well, and I think that um, that non-judgmental piece as well is is really important in uh, situations like this because I mean there's there's already a whole lot of stress on us um, in this environment that if you're if you're taking in information and you're and you're judging it, uh, then actually what that often does is it just ramps your stress levels up. Whereas you, if you can look at it as, hey, this is just a data point for me, this is this is a piece of information coming in, and then I get to choose how I want to respond to it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's right. It's I remember when I was, I can't remember how long ago it was, but like when Jacinda Ardern went, we're going to make everyone who's coming to New Zealand go into 14 days of isolation. That feels like years ago. It was probably only about yeah. three weeks ago. And uh, I remember going, wow, this is exciting. Like, I, was going, well, I probably shouldn't tell people that. But <laughs> because other people are going to have a different response, right? They're going to have, a, oh, this is bad. Oh, man, that means that my brother or sister or mother or whatever, they're coming to New Zealand, they're going to have to that's bad right where I'm going this is good um, and so yeah just just noticing my own thoughts that actually well firstly it's not about not having judgment it's about noticing that you've got judgment and mm. you go, okay is that going to serve me or not I reckon that's the starting point hey like learn to see yeah, yeah. I don't think it's the only bit I think there's more to, around it than, than just stopping and being present yeah, and I mean, one of the things that I've, I've noticed you kind of talking and writing about uh, a bit recently is having a sense of purpose through this, um, which is obviously great in terms of kind of creating hope for yourself and, and having hope to move towards. Why do, you, why do you think purpose is important during this time period, especially, or through any challenge? Well, it's a great question. I think purpose is something that we can make up for ourselves. So therefore, we have complete control over it. And again, if we come back to the human need for certainty and control, it's something that we can control, right? We can invent a sense of purpose. So, um, and we can do that for ourselves, but we can also do it collectively. So leadership, you know, leading a group of people into the unknown, um, why don't we try and find a common purpose? Now, if you're in the COVID-19 response team for the government, 
the purpose is pretty clear, right? Eh? And it's actually really galvanizing. And it's sort of like, right, we're making a difference. We're going. We're ticking the boxes. But for others who aren't in that kind of adrenaline-fueled world, um, I think a lot of the time this sense of meaning and purpose can be kind of like the, the rug has been pulled under from underneath you. It's like, huh, so how do I spend my time now? I've painted the fence and I've mown the lawn and done 10 loads of laundry. You know, um, what do I do? And, and humans have a deep desire to make meaning out of life. Uh, and as Viktor Frankl wrote in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, you know, this, this is a core driver for us. Um, and Dan Pink more, more recently wrote you know, in his book, Drive, about the you know, three intrinsic drivers of motivation, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. So it's a key need. So if we couple that there's this key need, but it's in our com- complete control, it kind of gives us a sense of settling, but also direction. Um, okay, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. In my conversation with Alicia Mackay the other day, we finished by saying, find meaning in every day. You know, find something that's meaningful to do in every day. Uh, and I think that's why it's important because just to exist is is not particularly fulfilling. Whereas to exist with purpose is is way more meaningful. And I think you can get out of bed every day with a little bit more springiness there. Yeah, yeah. And has your has your purpose changed at all over this period of time compared to say what it was a month ago? I think I don't know if it's changed. I think certain elements are probably amplified. Um, I found myself. I feel like I maybe I've always been in service, but right now it feels like the thing that I need to do every day is to serve with what I know, give, give people the opportunity to be in conversation like we are now um, to make sense of stuff through some of the stuff that I think about. Um, And so all these webinars I've been offering over the last few weeks have been a way of, I guess, me amplifying that sense of purpose that I want to help and there's a clear need that I reckon I can help with and I don't want to ram it down people's throats, but I'm here. And so if you want this stuff, come and help you. And that's that's been incredibly fulfilling for me. In some ways it's been over amplified i felt like i've been on adrenaline a bit the last few weeks um and but on the other hand it's galvanized me uh you know it's like oh i can i can i think i can help some people here and so the purpose hasn't changed it's just been almost like the lens was maybe a little foggy before and it's gone crystal clear mm. and you know it's like, and looking for that you know and you know i, re- I would encourage anyone to so what, how can I make my days meaningful now through serving, um, serving others to help them through this tough time? And I think coming back to the original question about how do you lead in challenging times, I think to help others help others, to help others serve others and help them find a way to use their talents and their strengths and their, it doesn't have to be anything big, but just help others to help others in whatever they can do. Is, is really, really good leadership at the moment. Yeah, and I love the way that you frame that as well, is that it's, it's so simple. It, and basically, I think that that is what it boils down to, just helping others, helping others. Um, yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's basically what every business or organisation is about, is helping others. And hey. the leader's job is to help the people to do that. Oh, there we go. There's our formula, Boom. right? I think, we're, I think we're done, mate. I think we're done. <laughs> I like it. That's potent. Yeah. Um, one, like, one thing that I do want to talk to you about as well is uh, like, this is a, we've been forced into this, this situation. And um, I mean, we've talked about kind of the need for survival, the need for purpose as well. But um, in, in every challenge, there's, there's, Massive opportunity as well, um, but it's that opportunity isn't always clear for us. And sometimes we need to experiment around. Hey, what are some things that we could do to maybe go go after an opportunity, or what are some things that we could do to maybe uh, unearth or kind of make clear an opportunity that we might not see at the moment? So, how do we how do we develop an experimental mindset? And to uh, to be able to to see those opportunities, and your questions have got really good <laughs> this last Thanks, week. <laughs> um, I think the first step in that, if I was to 
I reckon it's actually to ask that question, what's the opportunity here? Um, I've noticed with the webinars I've been running that um, when I say, what's your number one question about leading in uncertainty? Often that is the answer. People saying, ha, ah, what's the opportunity here? And I think it's being open for that to arrive as opposed to being trying to chase it down. I think um, it, it's about noticing and just having your radar on and then noticing, ah, oh, there's an opportunity. Ooh. As opposed to kind of going hunting with a, a backpack full of tools, right? So I think um, first thing is just ask the question, what's the opportunity? And then live your life. And probably the next thing is to go, oh, that looks interesting. Like what grabs your interest? And again, from a leadership lens, helping others, it's about helping others have this conversation too. What, what opportunities, asking the question, what opportunities to, uh, do you reckon are here right now? What's grabbing your interest that you might want to experiment with? And you kind of come in with that curious lens. Uh, and then I think with the actual experimentation, often people get stopped, they don't experiment so much because... Um, it looks dangerous or it's going to break something or I might be seen to fail. And so I've kind of like this idea of having an MVE or minimum viable experiment. And some people call it the safe to fail, right? where it's like, what's the smallest little thing you could try? And again, if you're helping others, ask them that question, what's, the, what's one little thing you could try today that might just help you pursue that glimmer of an opportunity that you might be seeing, right? So there's no real stakes. There's no real um, pressure to perform. It's just like try it out and see because I think the more we have a sense that we're discovering something uh, and we're learning something, the more we can get demotivated. And again, all the, the brain chemicals kick in. It's like, oh, actually a bit more of that. So I know a, good, a good example of that is you know, the first webinar I ran was about three weeks ago. We had almost 100 people on it, and I'd never used Zoom's breakout rooms before. <laughs> and I, uh, it was like, holy crap, um, I'm going to try this out. And there was actually a bit of skin in the game, right? There was 100 people waiting mm. for a good webinar. But it worked, and it was like, oh, cool, this is good. I'm going to do this again. And that fix I got from that, so, oh, I'm learning some stuff. I want to keep doing this. So, yeah, there, there's some tips. So, like, ask what's the opportunity here? Follow your interest and notice what excites you and intrigues you and then try something that's going on. Yeah, and I, I really like the, the idea that you used of the kind of the, the MVE, the minimal viable experiment and, and the ability to have a loss on it because yeah. like there's massive amounts of uncertainty. We don't know what's going to work at the moment and it is about testing things out and Again, kind of same thing that we talked about before. It's it's uh, it's not viewing and, and judging yourself if you have a, a failure in parentheses in, in these times. It's actually, hey, here's a data point. This this opportunity that I thought was there, yeah, it's not so good. And I, and I reckon I reckon the time. I think we're more tolerant of experiments now than perhaps we have been for a while in society because we have to try some stuff, right? And you think about remote working, right? It's a nice idea that some companies were sort of working, trying. And then others were like, oh, no, no, we need to have a policy around this and we need to have it all down and approved. But actually now we're all working from home. We've got to do stuff out, eh? <laughs> so uh, I think it's good to experiment now because I think the tolerance for, not failure, but the tolerance for things that don't work um, and, and the willingness to learn and share, I think, is, is higher. Yeah. Um, which is positive. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Digby, I mean, this, this show is all about leadership, but uh, do you have a time that you felt that you weren't a good leader? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you, are, you you open to, are you open to sharing? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh man that's a good little squeamish here um there's probably a lot of times and it's probably more than i'm not aware of <laughs> as well so if you think about the ones a more recent one was when i was working in an organization here in wellington and i was a director of a company you know i was part of the leadership team and i just did not feel at home in the organization i just felt like i couldn't be myself i just, it, I, this friend of mine said, and I think we've talked about this before, 
like a like a horse in a paddock running around. The paddock's too small for me. I'm just kind of running around, running around, but not really being very effective. And I think that came through. I did a 360 when I was there, and that came through in the in the results. You know, it's like great with people, but it doesn't really drive anything. Right? It's like what a kick in the guts. And <laughs> um, and it, I think what that was about was me playing it too safe. Um, not really wanting to rock the boat with my colleagues and not really feeling like I was doing meaningful work, to be honest, either. Um, and the first few years were great and then I sort of started plateau. And I don't think I was a very good leader then. Um, I think it was opportunity lost um, to make a difference there. And again, I don't, I don't really dwell on it anymore, but I, I look back and I go, okay, yeah. Lesson learned, you know, um, surround yourself by people and work that is meaningful to you. Uh, and that then enabled me to, because when I, the first few years when I was there, um, you know, I was on fire, I had a mission, I was going hard, um, people were voluntarily wanting to work with me, not, you know, I didn't have to go out and recruit. Uh, so there was something going on, there was some magnetism that then I started to lose. And for the last couple of years, I think it flatlined. Um, as I lost my mojo. So I think having mojo, having a sense of purpose again um, and a certain sense of fulfilling work um, is, is core to me at least um, in being a good leader. Yeah. Thank you for sharing That's that, an mate. interesting story. No worries. Thanks for yeah. asking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting to see the themes come through as well, the sense of purpose and the sense yeah. of experimentation that you, that you lost in that, um, yep. just what we've been talking about. Um, Digby, what's influenced your thinking about leadership the most in the last year? Oh, man, that's a good question. Okay, I will share it with you. It's not pre-prepared. This is sitting on my desk right now. It's this book. I'm going okay. to write to Greg McCowan and go, I'm gonna, I want royalties, mate, because I've recommended <laughs> this book to so many people. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it's called Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. And it's really, I read it in January. It rocked my world and continues to. Just this idea of focusing on just a few key things and having the courage to say no to everything else has been massive for my not just my productivity, but my sense of um, momentum and sense, again, a sense of fulfillment. Um, I think I can, I'm having more of an impact and having more fun just by being courageous enough to say no to stuff that mm. doesn't matter. And of course, the hard bit is discerning what you say no to a lot of the time. And there's another guy called Gary Keller, who I listened to a podcast of his at the same time, and he wrote a book, I think it's called. Um, the one thing. Mm. And he says, he asks this question, you know, what's the one thing that you could do that if I just did that this week or today or this month, that in the future everything else would become easier or unnecessary? And it's kind of like the lead domino. If I push that one domino, all the others fall. So what is that thing to double down on? So it's not really about people leadership per se, or but it is about, I think, that, disciplined thinking of just being strategic about what matters most and of course that's not an easy question to answer no yeah. no it's a nice mm. question to pose though <laughs> yeah. and i mean take, take going on from that like what is the what is the thing that leaders should be doing right now leaning in um now is the time to lead um and i wrote a blog about it which you might want to link into the, the show notes for yeah. this um, from three or four weeks ago. And one of the things uh, was like double down on human connection. There's always work to do, but there's always people to look after. And I think to double down on the human connection because our fundamental need as humans is to have a sense of belonging, a sense of connection. And if that's sorted, then we can get on with the work. The other thing leaders should do is um, sort fact from fiction. Right. So at the moment, you know, when we're disconnected and we're working remotely, um, because we don't have real-time information and we don't have all the, the information, rumours and myths and stories and what's going on can all be abounding. And I think our role is to focus on what's real 
and to focus on keeping people grounded in uh, not just facts from a data point of view, but just helping people kind of stop and get present and going, what's actually really going on? Again, coming back to learning to see. So they would be two things I'd say. Mm. Fantastic. Digby Scott, thanks so much for joining me today. Chris, mate, always a pleasure and looking forward to the next conversation. I always have a blast having a chat with, uh, with Digby Scott. He's got some amazing viewpoints. And that was the Leading Through Challenge show. Uh, what I'd love you to do now is I would love you to share this with one person that you think would benefit from it. Uh, I'd also love you to subscribe on wherever you watch this or listen to it, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Spotify. Hit subscribe, leave a rating and a review. I really want to get these conversations out to as many people as possible because I think they're going to be really beneficial in this time. Uh, and one way to do that is to uh, ask for your guys' help and have you rate, comment, subscribe because that just ends up making this more visible. Thanks for joining me today and we'll see you again soon. There you have it team. I hope you enjoyed that one. If you did, I would love if you would go over to Leading Through Challenge basically wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, it's also on YouTube. There is a video version that my mate Will Fleming has been helping me out with. So if you want to check it out on YouTube, uh, then feel free to. But head over, make sure you subscribe, and make sure you share it out with people who are interested in building their leadership ability so that they can better navigate challenge. Thank you to Jyland for your awesome editing skills. Thank you for my mate Will Fleming helping me out with the new show. Thank you to my brother Jeremy Desmond for the awesome theme music. And thank you as always to you guys for taking the time to get uncomfortable with us today. 